The Minnesota Wild have a rare opportunity tonight against the Stars in Game 4 to take a three games to one lead in the series. Before we get to Game 4, let's talk about some of the heroes from Game 3 and what Dallas is going to do to come out swinging tonight here on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Wild fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we talk about why Marcus Foligno, Matt Zuccarello, and Marcus Johansson played pivotal roles in a Game 3 win for the Wild, and what Dallas is going to do to try to get back into this series, despite Minnesota having a golden opportunity right in front of them for tonight's game. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. So the Minnesota Wild have a two-games-to-one lead over the Dallas Stars heading into tonight's game against Dallas. And if you would have told me, going into this fourth game, this pivotal game in this series, that Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy would have a combined one goal so far in the series, and the Wild would be up two games to one, I would have some questions. But that's where we're at. The Minnesota Wilds have won two games in this series and have looked really good in both instances and in their most recent win, 5-1 to one over the Dallas Stars. We saw a ton of these supporting cast play huge roles in this game. Matt Zuccarello had two goals. Zuccarello has been struggling for the last several weeks, has not been playing up to that level that we expect Zuccarello to play at, and watching the game in person and having a chance to see everything that goes on that we don't see on TV, there was a moment early in Game 3 in which the Dallas Stars were trying to be a little physical with Matt Zuccarello. He took a hit up against the boards, and uh, he then later got tackled, had his helmet ripped off. Uh, they did show that and ended up getting a, uh, a minor penalty because he, uh, he showed some pushback. He fought back a little bit um, after that play, and so the Wild and the Stars had four-on-four four at that point. And after that, Zuccarello looked like a guy... I always use the analogy of Gordon from Dodgeball, Zuccarello looked like angry Gordon from Dodgeball. He was flying all over the ice, throwing his body around. Uh, he was active defensively. He was involved offensively as well. He had the breakaway goal that, uh, that got past Jake Ottinger late in the game to make it 4-1. to one. But he also had that early goal, that first goal of the game right in front, that was so loud. If you look at the replays, you can't hear Anthony LaPanta call the goal because it's so loud at the X. He had uh, he did a great job in front with the help of Ryan Hartman, who was the uh, the body in front of the net at that point. Did a great job of just getting one past Ottinger. And Zuccarello has needed a game like that for a while to get himself back on track. He's talked about 
over the uh, the last couple of weeks, just maybe not having that same level of confidence that we've seen from him in in previous months and in previous seasons. And so if Zuccarello can f- take that into the rest of this series, that's massive for the Minnesota Wild because what did we see last year against the St. Louis Blues? We saw Kirill Kaprizov do a bunch of crazy things, score some amazing goals, but he was really the only one that was getting anything done against St. Louis as that series wore on. Well, now we're seeing everybody else get involved and be active in this series too, which is important for the Wild as they continue to uh, to try to push forward and to win this series. Marcus Foligno, who had a bit of a down game too, That may have been one of the best games that he's played in a Minnesota Wild uniform. He was throwing his body around all over the ice. He had the power play goal that he uh, he tapped in. Stick was level. They they did get the call right. Stick was level uh, in front of the uh, the crease uh, in front of the the post. So got the power play goal, but was just really helping set the physicality level to where it needed to be for the Wild to win this game. Dallas just did not have an answer for that really at any point throughout the game. And especially as it wore on, it looked like a Dallas team that was ready to move things on to game four. So huge for Marcus Foligno to help um, bestow some of that physicality. And uh, the wild players behind him stepped up to help match it. And uh, Dallas just was not able to to get to that uh, really at any point in this series. And you you look at Marcus Johansson too. Johansson had that amazing goal to make it two nothing uh, that between the legs Deke, he was able to get past uh, a couple of members of the Dallas stars and was able to, uh, to score the goal. You're going to see it from game two, that highlight of Johansson being on the wrong way of that Rupe hints breakaway. Um, he, he made up for it. And then some in this game, it was great to see, all of the Wilds' forward lines really able to establish zone presence for a long portion of this game. By my count, if I remember correctly, I think Dallas had one sustained zone um, situation where they were able to get a couple of shots on net. But beyond that, they were chasing the whole game. The Wild did a great job of preventing them from getting, uh, getting dialed in and prevented them from being able to put bodies in front of the net with the defensive presence that they had in this game, too. So let's talk about Jared Spurgeon, Jake Middleton, Jonas Brodeen, and Matt Dumba, who just continues a sensational run of play for him over these last couple of weeks. The way that Dumba is playing, you are able to use either Spurgeon Middleton or Brodeen Dumba to, uh, to go toe-to-toe against the uh, the likes of Jason Robertson. And I would assume there will be some changes for Dallas coming into today's game. But you've got two lines defensively that are capable of shutting those guys down. Brodeen was physical with Jason Robertson along the boards and held Robertson, the Wild defensively did, held Robertson to a combined three shots. They held the top line of Dallas, which was Jason Robertson, Rupe Hintz, and Tyler Sagan to a combined six shots on net. They were a non-factor in this game. So there were a ton of pieces that we needed to see step up, a ton of players that we wanted to see step up after the Game 2 performance, and each and every one to a man 
answered the bell and gave the Wild uh, the fantastic. That that's as loud as you'll hear the XL Energy Center ever be uh, for Game Three. So that was just a fantastic atmosphere. The crowd was ready. The players fed off of that, and they were ready to go as well. And so it was just it was a fantastic response for the Wild after what happened in Game Two. And now, as we'll talk about throughout the rest of the show. The Wild with an opportunity here to go up three games to one and to really put a firm hold on this series with another game at the XL Energy Center before this series is all said and done. It's a fantastic opportunity for the Wild that they cannot take lightly because Dallas is going to be ready to respond and then some in this one tonight. So we will have you covered throughout the game. We'll have you covered with another postcast tonight. So for the everydayers, make sure that uh, that you're ready to rock and uh, and ready to stick with us here throughout uh, the course of coverage here this evening. We've got more to come on today's show. We're going to talk about, uh, obviously, the unfortunate part of Game 3, which was Jewel Erickson X injury and what effect that will have on the Wild moving forward. We'll talk about some ways that Dallas will probably try to respond in this series, and we will continue to gear you up for puck drop tonight as the Wild try for a three games to one lead. More to come on today's episode of Locked on Wild after a word from our sponsors. There's nothing more stressful, especially come playoff time, than trying to find tickets to a game the day of. Either the prices are crazy expensive or you just don't find what you're looking for. Well, game time is here to help make the same day ticket purchasing experience as easy as possible. Here are some things that Game Time does that make it so great and so easy to decide day of, hey, let's let's go see the Wild win game four. They have flash deals and last-minute tickets. Plus, they make it easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. I logged into the Game Time app today, and it popped up with games near you, and it showed the Minnesota Wild. You click on it, and it's got you ready to rock. They have Im- images of seats as well as lowest price guarantee, plus event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Reminder for the everydayers, tomorrow we will have another Micheletti Monday for you. Alex Micheletti joins us to recap what we saw from the Wild over the weekend and to gear up for the rest of the series. We'll, uh, we'll go through all the details for you on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Wild. So Jewel Erickson Eck had a rough day uh, in game three. He got himself to where he was on the ice for warmups. He looked like he was going to be a full go in this game. And so uh, that obviously was a huge potential boost for the Wilds uh, for the game yesterday. It lasted all of 19 seconds. Erickson Eck ended up limping down the tunnel and did not return. And so the Wilds not only had to worry about the uh, long-term status of Erickson Eck for this, uh, the rest of this series, but they also had to play shorthanded. And so we saw some interesting 
lineup combinations. You saw a ton of Kirill Kaprizov mixing and matching with a few lines. And uh, for this Minnesota Wild team, now with the likelihood that you're not going to see Jewel Eriksson in Game 4, you go right back to a guy who has made an impact on this series already in Sam Steele. And it's going to be, I would imagine, Freddie Goudreau back up with Boldy and Johansson. And then you throw Sam Steele in with Gustav Nyquist, who has had a fantastic series so far. And Marcus Foligno, who is coming off of his best game of the series. And you give Sam Steele an opportunity to once again show that uh, that he is capable of making an impact when uh, when put into a tight spot. Ryan Hartman was able to come back in, still kind of fighting through his injury, but he, I thought, looked good. And so top line will stay the way that it is. And this is just what this Wild team has done all season. They have taken these opportunities that a lot of teams would have trouble overcoming the loss of particular players, and they just next man up in the way that you would expect them to. They next man up. And they come away with wins. So I would imagine Sam Steele will uh, will draw in. The interesting one for tonight's game is going to be the goalie situation. Philip Gustafson coming off of a game in which he held the Dallas Stars to one kind of weird goal. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, at, with as loud as the XL Energy Center was after Marcus Johansson scored to make it 2-0, I didn't even see the Dallas goal. I was just taking in the crowd atmosphere, and the next thing you know, you see Dallas celebrating, and you're like, oh, Dallas scored. That was weird. 11 seconds later, and so it's just one of those uh, fluky, not fluky, one of those just weird instances in which we've seen happen to this team where they score a goal, and the opponent is able to just go right back down and score um, moments later. The important part is that the Wild responded after that and continued to attack. They continued to push. We didn't see the Wild turtle after the 2 nothing lead. We didn't see them take their foot off the gas and say, okay, we, uh, we've probably done enough. Let's just try to ride this one out. No, they kept pushing. And if it just, it seemed like a team that was intent on making a home statement similar to the way that the Dallas Stars did in Game 2, trying to make that home statement in their first postseason playoff game, and they uh, they definitely did. Philip Gustafson, I would imagine, will get the start because this was a relatively low-stress game for Gustafson because, again, the job that the Wild defense did by keeping pucks away from him, keeping the front of the net clean. When the Stars were able to enter the Wilds' offensive zone, which was very, very infrequently, uh, it was almost an, it was a shot almost immediately, just to try to see if they could catch Gustafson napping and, uh, and maybe sneak one past him. They weren't able to get set up offensively to where they can maybe try to work one down low and get a tap in. That is something I expect we'll see from the Stars in this game today, but... You look at the difference from game one to game two and game three to game four. You didn't have the double overtime game. You didn't have the nerves of a first career postseason start. And so the more we kind of separate from game two, 
the more I, I understand the decision to try to protect Gustafson a little bit with having Flurry start and knowing that that's what you're going to do regardless of how things go, I, I'm, I'm, I'm less less annoyed by that, uh, by that decision with how things have worked out so far. Now, obviously, in this instance, the fact that it was just a regulation win for the Wild and that it was a low-stress game for their best goalie, this is where I think you go to Gustafson for another game. Now, will we see Marc-Andre Fleury again in the rest of this series? Probably. But I think based off of the just the overall performance from game uh, two to game three, I think you roll with Gustafson with a real good opportunity to be up in this series three games to one and only needing to win one of the final three games while having one of those final three games at home to, uh, to try to close out this series. So if it's me, I let it ride with what you had. With what you brought into Game 3, there's really not a need to make any sort of massive changes. We saw John Klingberg in for John Merrill. That defensive pairing was fine. Brock Faber and John Klingberg, they've got a good chemistry together, and uh, and they were able to just really... They were able to do what you would expect uh, at this point from John Klingberg, which is to help out on the offensive end. And then Brock Faber is the more defense-oriented pairing of those two, and it just it was a it was a good pairing together that uh, that did not hurt you in ways that John Merrill did. So I leave the decor completely alone. The only change, obviously, that you're going to make is by inserting Sam Steele back into the lineup for Jewel Erickson Eck, and I would again probably go to Steele on the third line, Freddie Goudreau up to the Boldy and Johansson line. That's probably all we're going to see. On the Dallas side, you're probably going to see some new things. You're probably going to see some new line combinations. But, I mean, let's assume let's let's assume that that's what's going to happen because that's what happened last year. The Wild had a two games to one lead, and then Craig Berube blew the whole thing up and started from scratch. Maybe the Stars... Ride with what they have just to see if they can get them back on track. The thing that is the key in this matchup is the fact that you have, as we alluded to and as the, uh, as the everydayers have seen, you've got two D pairings that are capable of, of playing the physical type of defense they need to to slow down Jason Robertson. Spurgeon and Middleton have done it. Jonas Brodeen and... Matt Dumba playing the best hockey, his best hockey of the season, they have shown the ability to do it. So regardless of how Dallas tries to construct their roster around Jason Robertson, you've got two lines that you can throw at Robertson to try to keep him quiet in this game because you're going to see a lot from Dallas here uh, in game four, or at least Dallas hopes that they see a better effort from uh, from their team here in Game Four because if not, you're heading back to Dallas and it's it's a must win. So we'll talk a little bit about the opportunity that the Minnesota Wild have in this game tonight and how they can learn from what happened last year as we continue today's episode of Locked On Wild after this. 
Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, again, a reminder, you can catch a Lockdown Wild postcast tonight over on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Kevin Gorg and I will have all the action. We'll break everything down from this one. We'll get you set up for Game 5 coming up on Tuesday, so you can listen in for that coming up uh, about a half hour after tonight's game concludes. Dallas has to respond. They have to respond after what happened in Game 3. They just were not ready for the uh, the level of physicality that the Wild brought, and it, it seemed to bother them as the game wore on. But let's also not discount the bulletin board material that was given to the Wild that they fed off of in this game. There was talk before the game about as penalized of a team as the Wild are, that the Stars are going to look to put them in opportunities uh, to go on the power play because, as it happened early in the series, penalty kill was horrendous. The Wild adjusted, and you had instances on the ice in which Matt Dumba, Marcus Foligno, and Jake Middleton all were taking turns um playing off of that soundbite that was given by Peter DeBoer. And so the Wilds had the motivation coming into game three from that, from playing at home, from trying to respond to the game two loss. They had a ton of fuel to put into the tank. And now we see what Dallas does to try to counter that. And not that we need to talk about it anymore because it has been mentioned pretty much throughout the state of Minnesota, but it's a Minnesota team in the postseason, so of course we have to talk about it. We were in this situation last year. The Wild were in this situation last year up two games to one. Now a little bit of a contrast in how they got there uh, and what we've seen from last year's team compared to this team, but... Then we saw the St. Louis Blues make the adjustments and the Wild just never, they never recovered. And, um, you know, the players admit, there are players that admit that last year's team got to that two games to one position and they kind of took their foot off the gas thinking that, hey, we knocked out Villejuso. We have really done a number on this team through these first three games to where maybe we have gotten them to just realize we don't have a, we don't really have a chance here. And that's not a mentality that you can ever have. And why that's why I think having an opponent like Dallas as the opponent this year is a, a good thing for the Minnesota Wild because if you get into that mentality and that mindset against this team, you're going to lose another game by a score similar to how game two went. It just it seems like this team has taken what happened last year. They've said all the right things. They said all the right things after game three. Matt Zuccarello himself said, you know, we're we're gonna move on from this one and get ready for game four. And so you see a lot of this fuel from the wilds to uh, to try to distance themselves from what happened last year and finally be the wild team that gets out of the first round after having not done it for the uh, the last six times that they've been to the postseason. So we've seen the blueprint too. We've seen the blueprint that the Wild need to play 
in order to beat Dallas. They need to be physical, and they need to limit opportunities that the Stars have to get shots on net and to uh, to try to just keep them away from the net, push them out to the perimeter, and force them to attack from there uh, and just hunker down in front of the net. So when the Wild do that, and especially on offense, if they're able to sustain zone presence like they did in Game 3, that goes a long way too. Jake Ottinger's a fantastic goalie, but Jake Ottinger is also a goalie that gets to his spot. And so if you can get to him without much in the way of um, of interference from other players, Matt Zuccarello with the breakaway, Matt Zuccarello with the first goal of the game right in front. If you can get to where he is and get around him, that's where you beat him. So the Wilds did that with four of their goals in this game. That, that, was the, that was the blueprint for how to beat Jake Ottinger. You have the deflected power play goal in front, Zuccarello's goal, his breakaway goal, and then the Marcus Johansson goal as well. Is You see where Jake Ottinger is, and you, uh, you aim for a spot that he's not able to get to as easily. So what is Dallas going to do in this game? Well, for one, they have got to get... Jason Robertson going. You have to find a way to make Jason Robertson a factor. And that would, I imagine, involve giving him maybe a new line mate or two to see if you can get him going, which is where having Brodeen and Spurgeon's lines playing the way that they are, that's where that comes into play because both of those guys are comfortable playing against him. And so if you can keep Jason Robertson from taking over here in Game 4. That's going to go a long way for the Wild. The Stars also are going to likely try to be more uh, of a factor in front of the net. That's where the likes of Jamie Benn come in. That's where some of those other more bigger and physical players for the Dallas Stars come in. They have to try to establish position in front of the net so that when you get those shots towards the net, you have somebody there to uh, to pick up the rebounds if they are available. And for the Dallas Stars, they have got to try to match at least somewhat the, uh, the physicality that the Wild are going to bring. You saw Mason Marchment send Brock Faber into the seats onto the bench in game three. Well, that um, that was not probably the best idea because uh, the Wild responded in kind and Matt Dumba ended up uh, giving Mason Marchman a little bit of a, uh, a friendly nudge into the boards later on in the game. So for Dallas, they need to, they need to approach it like they did in game two where the wild are going to bring the physicality and the stars either have to try to match it or they have to just say, okay, you guys want to be physical. Well, we're just going to go use our skill and try to win this game. By the way, it's, it's a tough spot that the stars are currently in down two games to one. And that's why I think we've seen home ice matter so much in this series because I think being able to dictate the matchups 
to go against the likes of Jason Robertson. I think that makes more I think that gives the Wilds a much bigger advantage in this series. They have the defensemen and the defensive forwards to do it. But when Dallas is at home, they're able to stay away from that. They're able to throw Jason Robertson on, you know, Kirill's line or or some of the other lines that aren't as offensively or defensively inclined. And so that's also why stealing game one on the road was as important as it is because now if the Wild take care of business tonight, if they go up three games to one in this series, then you have one more opportunity in which you're able to dictate the line matchups. However Dean Evison wants to do it, you're able to dictate those matchups. And so this is a pivotal game for the Minnesota Wilds. Uh, the difference between going up three games to one and going to Dallas tied 2-2 is massive. And so go with an effort similar to what happened in game three. Be physical, get to Jake Ottinger, and keep the stars away from the front of the net. Force them to work from outside and try to score fluky goals as opposed to uh, really being able to uh, to get down low and get those high danger chances. The Wilds are very capable of doing it because they have done it twice already in this series. So if they're able to do that again here today, then we're going to see them be able to hopefully pick up that win and to get to three games to one over the Dallas Stars. We will, as mentioned before, have a postcast tonight. Um, myself and Kevin Gorg will have you covered with all the action after the game tonight, about a half hour after. So make sure to hop over to the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel uh, to get the full breakdown of what happens here in Game 4 today. For those who don't already, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Wild. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast platforms. Hit us up on YouTube as well so you don't miss out on any postseason coverage throughout the rest of this series and beyond. We will keep you up to date as much as we can with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.